I am known by many names. The Stabby Tabby, El Macho Gato, the Leche Whisperer. I am Puss in Boots. Holy Frijoles. You, lunch me. And the rest of you, play double time. Hey, Giant! Hey, you want to see something cool? Gracias, you've been great! Get home safely! Good night! You're still here? Okay, okay, one more number. I call this one, the legend will never die. I have bad news. You died. Doctor. Relax, I am pussy boots. I have nine lives. And how many times have you died already? Uh, I am not really a math guy. Hola, señorita. Do you like gazpacho? Does this have shellfish in it? A guy always lands on his feet. Watch! 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 <laughs> and then there was the giant today. So what is that, like, uh, a four? That makes eight, Puss. What do you wish to do with your last life? When you only have one life, that's what makes it special. Drive, perro! me if you dare. Goldilocks and the Three Bears Crime Family. You're supposed to be dead. Eh. It never fails. <gasps> Whenever I team up with you, things go wrong. Trust me. You gotta trust him. Look at those eyes. You call that cute? <gasps> and with the paws, it's all so cute. <sighs> Doing it? Stop! You're gonna give yourself a hernia. gone and the wolf is after you i am terrified of death uh he's got two scythes and big red eyes and he's hungry like the wolf hungry does that like wolf does that work <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That's all right good. perfect cool well hey welcome everyone welcome to dream jerks podcast dream jerks make the dream work we are the show where we talk about every DreamWorks animated movie in order, no matter what. And we've reached the most current movie. We have finally caught up. We have made it to the end for now. I am one of your hosts, Kenneth. With me as always, along on this journey, 
is my good dear friend, Mr. John. Hi, John. Hey, man. A little over two years. We I finally know. did it. We caught I know. up. And very few gaps in our release schedule. Um, and some of those gaps were very large. <laughs> True. I mean, when we needed a break, we needed a break. Yeah. And, you know, we got it. Uh, but I, you know, mathematically, you know, we, it was like, all right, 52 weeks in a year. We're doing this every other week. So it's like 30 to, to like 25 some odd episodes a year. Yeah, we were eventually going to catch up in two years. Yeah. So, like, I understood the mathematics of it, but I didn't think we would actually get here. And by, and by that, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd see the day. And here yeah, we are. Yeah, it kind of felt like we would just give up before we got here, right? <laughs> yeah, well, like, not give up, but it, we just, just... Felt, it felt like an unsurmountable odds. Like, like we were never going to see... We were never going to see it. We were never going to get there. Not just because we wouldn't commit. I felt like we were going to commit. Yeah. But two years, you know? Yeah. 40. I mean, when we started, it was what? 30, like eight movies had been released. And now this is the 43rd yeah. uh, DreamWorks film. So uh, when you look at a number like that, you're like, well, we'll never, we'll never finish all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we're, you'd be like, well, we're just going to keep on waiting to catch up until, you know, yeah. maybe we catch up one day and we caught and, up sooner than we thought. And here we are, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, but we're not alone because when this when we first started the show, I reached out to a few, you know, friends from online, people we know, people I thought might be interested in talking to us about DreamWorks movies and uh, today's guest had a specific movie she wanted to talk about, which was Puss in Boots. But uh, we ended up talking about Shrek 2 instead because that's when he was introduced and it was much sooner on the schedule. But we are back to have her talk about the sequel to her first choice, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Please welcome Alicia Stella. Hey, Alicia. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited uh, to finally get my wish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the scheduling didn't quite work out for the first Puss in Boots movie, but we, you know, we, I, I decided we needed to ask you to talk about this sequel. Yes. Well, it, um, the sequel is really, really good. Uh, so thankfully, I don't have to like pretend to like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I really like Puss in Boots, the character and everything that he's in and everything that he does. But thankfully, his new movie is actually really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it caught a lot of people off guard with how good it was. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was definitely surprised um, by this movie. But before we can get into talking about this movie in full, it, like the full business of it, all of our segments, all the things we usually cover. Alicia, there's a lot of rumors, potential news, unannounced stuff, but things we can look at and speculate about Universal Parks, Universal Destinations, I should say now. <laughs> and, and experiences. And, experiences. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as they relate to DreamWorks Animation. Uh, so we thought not only can we get you on to talk about uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, but you can kind of give us a rundown of like what might we be able to expect in real theme parks and destinations um, 
uh, w in regards to DreamWorks animation and, and attractions and, and experiences there, you know, related to those things. So there's no better person to talk to about that kind of stuff than you. <laughs> It's, it's interesting as you're saying that I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, we have the um, maybe the, 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 the kid friendly theme park coming to Frisco, Texas, but they haven't actually said that it's going to be DreamWorks, but the concept art kind of looks like DreamWorks. Yeah. And then we have the replacement for Kid Zone at Universal Studios Florida, which also wasn't technically announced, but the work walls around it have DreamWorks characters on it. Yeah. And then and then we also, I didn't even think about it until you start talking, we also have How to Train Your Dragon at Epic Universe opening in Orlando in 2025, which they also have not actually announced, but we could literally see Burke being built. <laughs> So yeah. all three of these things, technically, we have no official confirmation of, but clearly can see it happening. <laughs> yeah. Do you think BioReconstruct will get a Texas chapter uh, whenever they're building that park? Oh, I really hope so. I noticed that he's posted <laughs> Google Maps aerials so far. So like oh. it's a sneak preview, like he's practicing. <laughs> he's got wow. the, the latitude and longitudes, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> He's already he's already mapped out where the roads will be built and like he's ex like he's excited about it. But like, uh, you know, they haven't actually started construction on that yet. So we we will we will see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as um, the replacement for Kid Zone at Universal Studios Florida goes that, you know, work walls lately at Universal have been decorated with theming that relates to the next thing well i guess the only pattern we can go on or the only thing we can look at is is uh villain con minion blast well if you go back far enough skull island reign of kong did put skulls on the work walls oh before they announced what it was so i mean it it was already built by then like there was a giant king kong statue mouth <laughs> by the time they did it but they technic technically did not announce that and put skulls on the work walls so they've been doing this for a while but yeah minion blast put minions characters minion cat put minions characters the dreamworks kid zone replacement put dreamworks characters i think yeah. they're tele they're telegraphing it without actually announcing yeah it. it's their way of, of getting you excited with kind of announcing without announcing uh because for some reason and i've i've talked about, i don't know if i've talked about it on this show but i do wish that somebody could split the difference between disney's uh method of announcing things which is <laughs> we're gonna announce it the day after somebody had the idea about it <laughs> Um, and then we're going to take, you know, 15 years to actually give it to you. And then Universal, which is the thing is basically done and uh, you already know what it is. And now we're going to confirm it. <laughs> as much as I complain about it, I do appreciate that Universal's looking out for me as someone who reports rumors um, because they wait so long to announce something officially. It gives me time to really milk it on the channel, on my YouTube channel, like really talk about it. Uh, like unconfirmed still somehow this roller coaster that is completely built. Like, yeah. like it gives me a chance to like be the one reporting on it. But also when they put the characters on the work walls, I think it's like throwing me a bone. Like it's like I've been talking about what I think it's going to be. And then like I can say, but look, look, there's DreamWorks characters on the wall. So I'm probably right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate the what Universal is doing for my career. It's, yeah. it's very appreci appreciated. So so talking about Kid Zone and Universal Studios Florida, what what do we think is is going to happen there? I just put out a, a video on Theme Park Stop YouTube channel. Um, I think 
um, which is definitely, it's just completely off the top of my head. It has no, I know, nowhere have I gotten this information, I promise. But I think okay. we might get Fievel's Playland replaced with Shrek Swamp play area and meet and greet. I think we might get um, the Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse Coaster replaced with a Trolls roller coaster. Yes, a troller coaster. I'm going to yes. say it. I love, it. I love it so much. <laughs> Me too. A troller, troller coaster. Um, <laughs> and the Curious George area is being replaced with Kung Fu Panda. Um, so far, I don't think they have any plans for a ride. There were plans that they like. They were thinking about doing a ride like a year or two ago when they started coming up with this. But I think they wanted to rush it to get it done by next year so that they have something at the resort to offer before Epic Universe in 2025. So technically they could build a ride back there in the future. Yeah, it seems like a good idea of, of like, get this kid zone open and then we can add to it later on. But right, right. now there's a lot of uh, fish to fry in Orlando for Universal. So let's, you know, one thing at a time. <laughs> right. And and it's nice to have things in a kid's area that kids these days recognize. Um, <laughs> but also like they, since they took away Shrek 4D, it's nice that Shrek will still have a home in this park. Yeah. I, I do wish that if there was going to be a ride added to this area, that it would be a Shrek ride because I've, I've been wanting like the Shrek the way that the Shrek movie, and I'm sure I talked about this on one of the Shrek episodes, but the way that the Shrek movie is kind of a send up of the classic Disney fairy tale movie, I would love a Shrek ride that is a send up of the classic Disney like fantasy land ride. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if they're waiting until they see how this new era of DreamWorks goes before they commit to something like that. Sure. Like I wonder if it's like right now they're kind of in between old DreamWorks and new DreamWorks. And I almost like I worry like the Kung Fu Panda Land of Awesomeness over in Beijing, like that was a no brainer, I guess, because those films are huge over there and they're continuing the series. But like Shrek, I feel like is kind of in it's about it's a meme right now. We're in a meme land. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about to go from meme to reboot, soft reboot, I guess. So maybe they wait until the new series and see how that essentially you don't want to build your Star Wars land based on the new series before you debut the new series. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that was that was extraordinarily harsh. I apologize, Disney. But I you see my They're point though. <laughs> we're harsh on disney on here way worse than that so it's but, fine <laughs> so yeah so maybe we'll get something shrek related but i wonder if they're gonna wait and see how the the storyline progresses instead of going all the way back 20 years to the original yeah okay that's cool and then uh, the the barney theater slash dreamworks destination theater is supposed to stay well, there's no permits or like plans that I've heard about to do anything with it, like construction wise. So I imagine they'll just retheme it and turn it into like, because it was DreamWorks destination previously, um, before like after Barney and before they closed it, which was kind of like a glorified dance party and meet and greet. And they did trivia questions, which like I have to bite my tongue every time. Like I know every <laughs> answer. And like, and I'm like, this is for the kids. This is not for me. I need to not answer every single question. Let the kids answer it. Um, but like maybe uh I think someone said that they're hiring for dancers 
And I'm like, oh, maybe they'll actually turn into a show. And because it'll be right next to the troller coaster, I'm assuming it'll be a Trolls show. It just seems like an easy, like a slam dunk to do like a Trolls World Tour stage show. Yeah, it it is like the most like obvious if you're going to put like a music based show in a DreamWorks area. Like what? Why wouldn't you just do Trolls? It's the most it's right there. Yeah. And that 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 building actually has a little bit of space in the middle that used to be a like toddler sized play area that has been closed since Barney closed. Actually, it's been closed since the pandemic started. So mm. it would be nice to see that space get utilized and maybe turned into another like a trolls little kid play area would be really nice. Um, and then what became the Shrek and Donkey meet and greet uh, was originally the Barney gift shop, the exit gift shop. So it would be nice to see that turn into like a DreamWorks slash Trolls centric gift shop because Trolls sells the most merch out of all the current properties hmm. at the parks for DreamWorks. So it would make sense to like turn that whole thing into Troll Central. But yeah. that's all of that's just speculation. That's actually a guess. The other, I mean, the other stuff is also guesses, but they're accurate. Yeah. <laughs> for for the Shrek Swamp area, is is there any guesses at what that's supposed to include besides uh, like mm. the Shrek and Donkey meet and greet? Or I is think it... an actual play area. I think cause, like maybe my memory is wrong, but like in the later films, isn't Shrek Swamp like where they're raising the kids has like a little play area in front, like a swing set and like things for the kids to do. Oh, maybe. So I, I think there's a way to incorporate play area stuff for kids and to make it in theme for Shrek's house. Now that yeah. they have the family. So I think you get a meet and greet at the house, but also like a bunch of climbing nets and normal play area stuff, but modernized and not Fievel's Goes West. I'm, <laughs> I, I love Fievel Goes West. Great film, but it's a little, it, it didn't stand the test of time. People don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, it always caught me off guard hearing that music play in the, in the area, like going to ET and like, dur, 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 dur. I'm like, this is taking me back to my childhood. It's yeah. so weird. Like, Some, I love the movie, but. <laughs> Somewhere out there has not stood the test of time as well as All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> I heard yeah. somewhere out there, the original, from the original American tale on like one of those easy listening, ro like rock stations on the radio, like last year. And it blew my mind. I was like, this is still in rotation. The movies may have been forgotten, but we yeah. still have that song. But like that song is only like made fun of in, in Five Goes West. Like she starts to sing it and someone throws something at her. Oh, really? So like, yeah, you yeah. don't get that in the sequel. Oh, okay. I yeah, this I'm I'm so excited to be able to like actually go and see Shrek's house. Cause like every time I watch Shrek, I just I just see that that shot of his swamp for the first time. And I just want to go there. So this is this is good news. <laughs> Like, can you imagine somehow incorporating the outhouse into a play area, the mud pit? Like, there's there's ways to do it, I guess. Yeah. And it's DreamWorks, so you can be a little snarky with it. Like, it could be fun. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And um, then... Kung Fu Panda in the back. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. The, yeah, um, yeah. The only rumor that we have so far is some kind of interactive screen animated real-time character thing. Okay. <laughs> like, um... Like a turtle talk thing, right? Or like the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor type? Yes, but when I first heard about it, I thought it was like just a meet and greet. Um, I thought because I think the design is going to be Mr. Ping's noodle shop, I thought it was going to be like the Mr. Ping meet and greet at Hollywood, but digital, mm -hmm. where you, you still get like a guy doing the voice, but instead of having a 
is he a stork what is he i think he's a a goose he's a goose Mm. instead of having a goose head on a stick it would be (laughs) a puppeteer backstage with a like a measuring your face movements to move the mouth on the screen oh what Um, um, just like turtle talk, like they have little controls in their hands, like the turtle talk, he has like a little control. He can click a button and crush will do a circle. He'll do a barrel roll and he can click a button, you know, like wave with his fin or whatever. And, and, but he also measures your mouth when you talk to like make it move the lips in real time. It's very impressive. So there's a patent for universal and it shows Mr. Ping's noodle shop in the patent. And I'd already <laughs> heard about it as a rumor. And I was like, that's it. It's real. It's happening. It, this is definitely proof they drew, but they drew an animated panda, not Mr. Ping in the oh. patent illustration. So now I'm just, I'm all confused. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> something, something animated. There's literally in the patent, it says a customer can order a bowl of noodles and it'll look like the character on the screen is making it. And then it'll show up uh, like through a shoot uh, and you get your noodle bowl. But it specifically says like, if the customer were to say, I want extra carrots, you would see the cartoon character use extra carrots in the noodle bowl making. And I was like, this seems like the longest wait for your food in any quick service. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's all just for show or if it's real, but and there's supposed to be like games you could play, like interactive. And one example they gave was like tug of war with a rope. And there's like a rope on one side of the screen. And then the puppeteer could literally be pulling it on the other side. So a kid could be playing tug of war with a cartoon character. I was like, this is Whoa. all really clever. So I don't know. Uh, some Someone told me they heard it might be uh, Poe's uh, training academy and teach you like martial arts moves. And that feels more like a Turtle Talk with Crush actual show. Yeah. And it's more like practical than ordering food Noodles, yeah. <laughs> from a, a digital character that then has to do all kinds of hijinks and silly stuff. And it's like, right. I'm, I just, I'm hungry. I just want to eat my dumplings. And it could be both because in Beijing, they have the noodle shop and there's just like a, a fake window with a screen and it's a looping Mr. Ping animation. Right. I wonder if maybe that could be replaced with the interactive Mr. Ping and that ours could be an interactive Poe and that the rumors got merged together into singular rumor. And it's actually two separate things for two different continents. It could be possible. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I, I and, and, okay i don't know i i there's so much to ask about but again like we don't actually know anything for sure so yeah yeah universal all they said was we're closing down kids zone to bring new animated characters to life and that's it they closed it down they tore it down the roller coaster didn't get torn down so so far my rumors are lining up with reality we'll see how long that lasts um and the construction permits say it's going to be done by march 30th of 2024 so it could open by next summer. Wow. So we'll have to come back and do an episode, John, of of like our first times experiencing the new DreamWorks area at at KidZone. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is really early in the rumors. So like you should compare to see how right I was. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We can do that. <laughs> um also before we move away from Orlando on DreamWorks rumors, I just want to say RIP if it's true that they have ended the universal cinematic celebration lagoon show i just want to say r.i.p and pour one out for the trolls section which to me was the best Mm -hmm. the -hmm. best nighttime show other than uh the original marathon of mayhem at halloween horror nights that trolls section gave me goosebumps every time it was so perfect isn't there also a how to train your dragon section in that 
Yeah, there's How to Train Your Dragon, there's clips. Kung Fu Panda, and there's Trolls, were the DreamWorks properties gotcha. in the show. But the Trolls one was the best. Yes. Well, the E.T. segment is the best, let's be honest. Come on. <laughs> E.T. was way up there. <laughs> E.T. was uh, number... Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, show is, that show is gone. I keep forgetting that. I should probably like do a story or something. <laughs> I accidentally ended up seeing it on the last night. I was wow. there. I was there to like have dinner at CityWalk, and we we like popped into the park to look at the the tribute store for Mardi Gras. And I was like, you know what? That Lagoon show is about to start, and it, Mardi Gras starts tomorrow, so it won't be back until after Mardi Gras. Let's watch it. And it ended up not coming back. So I, you know, that lucked out. That's crazy. I've only I only saw it once. The whole run. Oh wow. I'm never there at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, actually, before we leave Orlando at all, let's go over to How to Train Your Dragon at Epic Universe. What's supposed to be happening there? Um, yeah, the, the, the aerial photos from the Mighty Bio-Reconstruct Bio show the, <laughs> the, the giant statues at the entry to Burke. Um, and they are very, very tall <laughs> and in, in a big lagoon. So that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> The like they're really tall, but like what's great about this is that the permits showed it as a Viking statue and a dragon statue, and we got these permits like two years ago. So I've been like, I, I I've known I guess from deducing where it takes place in timeline, because that's like the first scene in the third movie. Um, so it's not like okay, I haven't. I'm sorry, I haven't seen the third movie. <laughs> oh, it's very good. It's I know. Very... <laughs> I, I'm aware of its goodness. I just never got around to seeing it. Okay. I, I don't I like the every time I think of it, I'm like, I need to go see that, and then I watch like Puss in Boots again. So <laughs> I um I think that's the beginning of the third movie when dragons and Vikings are living in harmony. And I'm using that in air quotes because there's way too many dragons living on that island. <laughs> um, and then, but they, don't they leave and go to a whole new land, like a snowy place in Newburgh? Uh, I don't believe it's snowy. It's, it's another cliffside that they go to because uh, I remember some scenes where there's like these rolling plains that are right near the cliffside and the village is not, exactly on the cliff side it's more pushed back towards uh, where there's a lot of like tree growth and everything like that so unlike the first village of burke where it's it's on the cliffs but everything's pretty much flattened and then further back you go you get into like the forest area where um, okay hiccup discover discovers toothless um this hasn't been uh this area hasn't been like the trees haven't been taken down a lot so it's just more woodsy more it's more woodsy okay because yeah, yeah, yeah. in the tv show i found a clip and there was snow everywhere and i was like that doesn't look like burke to me and then i realized they moved to a new burke um anyway the land at, at epic universe is the last phase of the regular burke okay <laughs> if that makes sense yeah when there's like big bird houses everywhere for the dragons to live in and nice. things are in harmony so to speak um yeah and there's a roller coaster running through it and there's dragon heads sticking out of windows. Um, and there's the great hall as a restaurant with like, um, the big columns and, uh, a boat ride where you get to splash people. Um, and a skyfly thing where you get to fly and do flips, which is like a flat ride. It's, it looks like a kid's area, but like the rides are way too like thrill ride for little kids. So like, right. all the fun of a little kid's area, but with rides for big kids. Right. It's like a, it's like a big kid's area. 
and it has a play area that like reminds me of camp jurassic with like the big nets and good theming um and then there's a big theater which i assume will have the untrainable show or something similar that they just opened in beijing a couple years ago um which is really impressive because like it has a full-scale toothless flying above the audience um with hiccup riding them so yeah i think all in all it's a really big land like uh, expansive uh where everything else is like stacked or tall this is like spread out and like sprawling for epic universe yeah that's very cool i like like uh to me the top two things i'm most excited for in epic universe are super nintendo world and and classic monsters and I kind of forget about the other two themed areas when I'm thinking about the park. But How to Train Your Dragon is one that I think is going to catch me off guard with how much I I like what's in there because I I forget how much I love those movies all the, like all the time. And I just I'm you know it's going to be cool. I like it. <laughs> I have to watch the third one before I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a satisfying trilogy. Like they just did. A, they just nailed it. Uh, yep. uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well then now let's go over to Texas and this is looking like it's a whole park, right? For little kids ages three to nine. We've talked about the park on, um, previous episodes. Oh, okay. So we, we, we're aware of, of it and we've talked about it here and like the age demographic and everything, but, uh, we want to get into like what, what we think could be there and why. Yeah, they like just last week, they just the city council approved it. They voted oh, to good. approve the actual so it can happen now. But oh. not only can it happen, but it must happen because <laughs> the wording of the agreement was like, okay, you get to build it. Now remember, nothing can be over 100 feet tall and it has to open by 2026. And Universal's like, what now? Sorry, what? Oh. <laughs> so um, phase one of this thing, what, whatever that means, is going to be open in just a few years. Okay. Wow. And they haven't broken ground yet. <laughs> so, right. but it's, well, it it's, is a smaller park. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like it might be more doable because it's not supposed to have really any major rides. It's kind of like simpler, simpler pieces, right? Yeah, it's the infrastructure that's going to take a while. Like yeah. tearing down all the trees, paving over like a very big parking lot, installing pipes. Oh, and, and uh, a hotel. That, that'll probably that'll probably open in phases i imagine because it looks like it's split into two sections of the hotel one facing the park and one by the parking lot um so like you know the regular rooms and then the expensive rooms uh because <laughs> it's right at the entrance yeah. but yeah no looking at the concept art and these are just guesses based on the concept art it looked to me like trolls on the bottom right corner uh shrek on the top right corner uh, Madagascar in the bottom left corner and Camp Cretaceous Jurassic World in the top left top yeah top left corner um, to which other people were like I thought you said this would be DreamWorks why would it have a uh, Jurassic World in it and I'm like look at the logos at the beginning of Camp Cretaceous I got you there it's yeah. technically DreamWorks <laughs> <laughs> got you on a technicality yeah yep. yeah and I mean it's Universal's concept art is always amazingly accurate to what the real thing ends up looking mm -hmm. like uh i've always been impressed with that like sometimes i go back and look at concept art uh, after a thing has opened and i'm like that's exactly what the thing looks like how did that's incredible so even the epic universe original concept art kind of showed 
somewhat accurately what is shaping up right so yeah they changed colors and blurred some stuff on the epic universe one to try to throw us off the track like it was too obvious if you like put in signage and names and things right so they changed something like the nintendo colors and they smeared some of the art but like this art does the same thing like they remove the words from the jurassic world arch but like it's clearly the jurassic world arch <laughs> like we know what that arch with little torches looks like you can't yeah. fool us by removing the words <laughs> the entry has clearly a dreamworks logo without the little boy in the moon but like with the background and it's like yeah you should just remove the whole thing because it still looks like the dreamworks logo yeah, it's still blue and white why <laughs> yeah it's still got clouds and the motif and the style um yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's that boat ride in the center. I really hope that happens where like this Ooh. boat goes through all four lands. That's really clever. I do like the idea of that. Um, but it's it's all like flat rides and like, again, it ages is, three to yeah. nine, right, is the is the uh, target. Yeah, that's the target audience. It's a very sesame place, maybe a little a little bit of Legoland or at least old school Legoland because they've got a they've kind of grown up a little bit with the with their audience. But uh, Sesame Place is a really good example because it's a lot of meet and greets, a lot of off the shelf flat rides and some like it's well themed Sesame Place like really looks like you're on Sesame Street. But at the same time, it's not like too tall too elaborate too extravagant if there are coasters they are kitty coasters if there are you know rides they are um small even legoland's like dark rides are pretty short and small scale so mm. uh only like the new york legoland finally they got a bigger dark ride um and then ninjago one's kind of bigger it's the web slingers before web slingers yeah but the, but the for the most part they're like Fantasyland old school original og um like the the pretzel dark ride where the doors hit the ride vehicle and open <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that they have at legoland um yeah, yeah. i've been I to lego I'm, i've been to the legoland florida but i don't even know what is at other legoland parks um, um yeah but like there's a lot of flat rides and then they're themed to lego stuff so like this would be a lot of off-the-shelf flat rides but themed to dreamworks characters and themed with universal's quality of theming so it doesn't just look like like an amusement park or a carnival that's set up overnight it'll be entrenched in its theming in the surrounding area so it'll feel like you're in a miniland uh, you know, in the trolls world where you're the size of a troll and the flowers are really tall and it's like the crazy retro trippy acid trip colors everywhere. Mm. So it, you'll feel immersed in it. There does look like there's in the concept art anyway, like a big uh, show in the Shrek area. I don't think it's Shrek 4D, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does look like there's a pretty big building over in the Camp Cretaceous area, but like, I don't, think they're dark rides i think maybe an interactive like walk through dinosaur exhibits with like raptor encounter level puppets would be really cool like the yeah. jurassic world experience type animatronics um so so a lot of emphasis on meet and greets and whether that's dinosaur meet and greets in one area or the trolls meet and greets and shrek meet and greets just i imagine well-themed meet and greets surrounded by like well-themed off-the-shelf flat rides Hmm. And is the, do you think this is supposed to attract like visitors from around the country or world, or is it really more about like for the local audience? 
Oh, definitely for local. I think okay. Texas is good because it'll be a lot of people from a lot of parts of Texas coming toward the central like area to do this thing. The same way that I might drive all the way to winter winter haven there's three winters in florida i'm trying to think of the right yeah. one <laughs> the way that i might drive like if i was going to hang out with the nieces like hey you want to go to legoland and when we have to drive 90 minutes to winter haven that's about the cap for my legoland driving right um, like that's as far as i'll go for it and that's great because there's a legoland everywhere about 90 minutes from you no matter where you are like they're popping up <laughs> everywhere sesame place especially like if there's not a sesame place near you they will stick a sesame street land into your sea world park like Oh, true. to get into your bush gardens right it's they're contra contractually obligated to keep opening sesame places or sesame street lands like every couple of years so they will pop up everywhere interesting so do you think this park is like universal's attempt at like kind of cutting off the opening of a legoland or a sesame street area in the like in that region well frisco is like the fastest growing city in the united states according to frisco so they <laughs> they, they, they it's, it's a great place to put something like this and if they didn't do it first legoland or even disney supposedly is like thinking about opening something near dallas like it's a, it's ripe for it because it has so much local uh audience to just like feed off of just the people nearby and some people have questions like in my videos about it they're like will this get enough repeat business just from locals and like knowing legoland and sesame place and these things like locals get annual passes for these things which are usually dirt cheap and they go to them on the weekend as if it was like their local park yeah like instead of going to the park and doing those <sighs> things and stuff you go to sesame place and go on the kitty coaster like it's just a thing they do every single week or every month at least i mean yeah that's that's like how my family used universal when i was growing up like it was just right. like every weekend we were just there because we didn't have anything else to do we were just hanging <laughs> out so like I, those two parks I, islands of adventure and universal studios florida really like feel like home to me because i spent so much time there growing up right. um and if there were something like this like i'm the case in point like curious george goes to town and camp jurassic yeah. uh were like where we would just hang out like we would just go to the park go to that area and just spend the whole day there yeah so and like, there's a splash pad over in madagascar area and like little cabanas in the concept art so like parents will sit and just let their kids run around and play on on a saturday like every week why not yeah that's very cool uh i also like the idea of having a jurassic area that operates the way that they would have wanted Jurassic Park to operate, you know? Yeah. Like, I have a feeling that we're not going to be seeing dinosaurs getting loose and trying to kill you in this park. Um. <laughs> For once, things don't go wrong. Like, yeah. there's actually a play area that looks like the treehouse in, in Camp Cretaceous, and you get to go up there and not have to worry about an Indominus eating you. How wonderful is that? Yeah. I always loved the Triceratops encounter because I was like, this is the one attraction in Jurassic Park that goes the way that it was supposed to. And right. I like that. I like getting to visit like the ideal version of Jurassic Park uh, and see what it was supposed to be. Hammond's What's great about vision. 
Yes. What, what's great about that is that it was true to the original Jurassic Park, where we're supposed to see them as living creatures that have the same issues at a zoo that normal living creatures would. So the trike was being seen by a vet because it had a cold. Like yeah. how how in theme for Jurassic Park <laughs> is that? That like not only were we going to see an animal, but this animal's getting a checkup and it's got a little sneeze to it. <laughs> like yeah, I think it sneezed on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very in theme. Yeah, seeing them as animals. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's there's room for expansion at this thing too. Uh, expansion to the park and then expansion outside the park. So I just like Legoland, I could see them adding a like add-on water park where like you get your normal day ticket and then you could also add on the water park to your oh, day ticket. Um, the Shark Tale themed uh, <laughs> water park. <laughs> oh no no (laughs) i mean maybe yeah no i i actually think um how to train your dragon for some reason based on that vague concept art on the left it would be a good uh fit for the expansion but they purposely left it vague because they don't know what they're going to build over there but yeah i could see a whole nother land being added at the top of the park and then a whole water park being added to the left side of the park according to their expansion plans it looks like to me what they would do so Hmm room to grow and then other people are like then they can add garages and then they could add a whole nother park and then they could add roller coasters and I'm like no it's not that this isn't actually universal orlando or universal hollywood this is something new and it wants to stay small and nimble and profitable <laughs> yeah it's an interesting idea and i think it's cool being more of a universal as far as um when it comes to theme parks or destinations and experiences, um, being more of a universal person than a Disney person and seeing how Disney tried to like regionalize uh, other areas with things like Disney Quest and like never really worked out. It's kind of exciting to see Universal trying to attempt that. And, and it looks like something that people would be interested in. Yeah, I could see this being called um like universal kids colon something something and this one may be dreamworks in frisco but there could be another dream like another universal kids a different city and it could be a different yeah it could be illumination or minions just minions (laughs) it could be uh like a different property altogether uh but still focusing on that age range three to nine and then you might see families actually going to different cities and it could be clever that way or it could all just be dreamworks and they just keep the illumination stuff in the big parks but either way uh this if this takes off it's going to be like franchised everywhere around the world yeah very interesting i like you know there's a lot of uh things to look forward to didn't they have something uh in new york involving trolls like a trolls experience kind of deal where there was like a playground area and meet and greet with trolls and things like that, but it was in like this New York City. I do not recall. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think there was. I can't remember because um, I don't think it was Universal per se. I think it was just like a partnership with DreamWorks that mm-hmm. another company did. But it would be interesting in the future to have these. Um, smaller experiences where you you might see uh like a four or five story building in a downtown area of like just a random city like miami tampa you know somewhere where it's kind of heavily populated but it's a 
it's a whole unique themed experience with uh, character meet and greets and things like that, where you can just kind of take your kids to kind of like well, a, a children's museum. Right. Or like the, the Crayola experience where mm. it's attached to a mall. I th- I think the Halloween Horror Nights thing in Vegas is trying to, to see if they could do uh, an indoor attached to a mall type experience and whether that could work or not. Hmm. And they've, they've chosen the outdoor off the shelf easy ride thing for the the kids thing and then for the adult thing they're doing a indoor haunted house but we'll see how that works i personally i think the the small outdoor theme park is going to be successful the vegas thing i the the jury's still on on that one yeah i know i definitely want to try to make it out to see that before it closes if it if that is what happens with it yeah, I just like I worry that um, on off days, like they're going to have like replace a lot of the characters with like mannequins or like poorly done, mm, like pop up yeah. animatronics, like the Walking Dead house. Like at a certain point, I I fear like uh, I also worry about like the escape rooms at CityWalk. Like this, this was maybe um, uh, uh, an attempt and I don't know if it's going to last. Hmm. Mm. So, but it's neat to see them try and also not go all in like Disney Quest. Like they're not going too far. Yeah. So they're going to try one. And if it works, then they'll franchise. Toothsome, success. Toothsome is being franchised. You will oh, see yeah. Toothsome Chocolate Emporium all across the country. I foresee that being successful everywhere. Yeah. And I think they're opening a Vivo in, in Hollywood also. Vivo and Toothsome are going to CityWalk Hollywood. So mm-hmm. a lot of Universal restaurants are uh are doing that because a restaurant obviously is like uh it makes sense <laughs> like yeah, yeah you can go to eat and there's this cool theme it's like rainforest right. cafe except it's like right. home homegrown by universal right and they, they opened a toothsome uh in where's it philadelphia with home of comcast wait they attached, did yeah attached to um a, a sports arena or something Whoa. Uh, and that was like a pilot program to see if it can survive outside of a city walk and uh, so we, I foresee the toothsome showing up like attached to malls and things in the future. Things that already have foot traffic would be successful, like a city walk, but yeah. not attached to a theme park. So that's an interesting venture. They're really going all out on the experience. What is it? Destinations and experiences. Yeah, yeah. it means more than I thought it did. That's actually really cool. All right. Well, enough about that. We're here to talk about a movie. And that movie is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Is there anything that you want to wrap up with or have we covered everything as far as rumors go, Alicia? No, there was more than I thought. There's a lot of DreamWorks stuff on the horizon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right. Let's get on to this movie, today's movie. Uh, We're talking about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. This is the most recent DreamWorks movie and the day that we are recording this is the day of the Oscars so by the time you're hearing this this may be an Oscar winner uh, for best animated feature I mean it probably should be this is Uh, a really really good movie yeah (laughs) looking at that list I didn't see the Pinocchio um, uh, for Netflix or there's like another movie on the nominations list that I'd never heard of before but as far as Marcel the Shell with shoes on or um turning red like i do think that this is the best of the three by a long long shot um i mean we know i love turning red and i've gone full panda in the parks (laughs) um (laughs) but yes no i I, puss in boots is like my character and i love him so much and it's so it it took me 
like the first 20 minutes to get used to the art style. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it it's beautiful and I love it, but it's hard because I've seen the original Puss in Boots a billion times. <laughs> um, that's an ac- accurate number. And because of that, it's like I have a vision of what Puss in Boots looks like in my head. And then watching this art style, I'm like, this is a be- if this was the first Puss in Boots movie, it would be fine. But it's not. It's continuing a saga. And like there's even flashbacks and they've reanimated the flashbacks to fit with the new style. And it's like, OK, I guess I'll just pretend that Puss in Boots always looked like this. He's <laughs> he's cuter. He's fluffier. All the characters are cuter. Um, but at the same time, they still retain like their personalities. So I'm fine with that. And it's great. And I'm glad that animation is finally looking like animation, <laughs> but it took some getting used to. Yeah. Well, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, had its premiere December 13th, 2022 at the Lincoln Center and then was wide released December 21st, 2022 in the United States. It is directed by Joel Crawford, with a screenplay by Paul Fisher and Tommy Swerdlow, based on a story by Tommy Swerdlow and Tom Wheeler, based on the story of Puss in Boots by Giovanni Francesco Straparola. Uh, it stars the voice talents of Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek, uh, Pinault, Harvey Gullien, or Guilen, I guess. Guillem? Guyen, that's it. Harvey Guyen, Florence Pugh, Olivia (laughs) Coleman, Ray Winstone, Samson Kao, John Mulaney, Wagner Mora, (laughs) uh, Divine Joy Randolph, and Anthony Mendez. It was made on a budget of $90 million and had a box office gross of $461.5 million. That is fantastic good for her good for her (laughs) and and it's so reassuring to see a movie that's this good also get that kind of box office return like they've been rewarded for their good work yeah Yeah. it's the only thing that finally took me away from rewatches of avatar the way of water (laughs) was what (laughs) the last wish oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, i was like like, do i watch avatar the fourth time or do i go and see the you know i'll go see the last i actually saw this uh i guess was opening opening day was the 21st of december that's my birthday so uh jen surprised me uh that week and it's like hey we're get we got tickets to go see puss in boots on your birthday at night and i was like yay that's the perfect birthday gift for me <laughs> i'm so excited yeah um well i i just watched this movie this morning i know i don't know if you rewatched it for this recording alicia I, but i didn't not yet i i want to actually sit down and just enjoy i didn't have time i don't i didn't want to squeeze it in yeah to really savor it the second time well then Spe- you're in luck alicia <laughs> Well, speaking of squeezing in. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Oh, okay. Hey, oh, it's that time of the show. Uh, let's let's do the uh, plop synopsis uh, for the thir- 43rd time. 42nd time. 42nd time, because we didn't do one for ants. Or Megamind. Well, uh, did you do one for Megamind? I think I attempted one for Megamind, but it was very not comprehensive. And it, <laughs> it came down way under because of how little I included. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, eh, it's it's iffy. Yeah. Well, 
let's let's do one more for old time's sake yes yeah uh this is the plot synopsis also known as the plot synopsis uh i sat down and watched puss in boots the last wish and i took notes on what i saw happening on the screen in front of me and what i'd like to do now is i'd like to read those notes and and just you know spoil the whole movie for you why not (laughs) Um, now the goal is to recite all, all throughout this and, and, uh, go through everything in less than a minute and 30 seconds. Uh, if I happen to do that in less than 90 seconds, I will be, uh, handsomely rewarded, uh, by Red Rooster, uh, Australian fast food, uh, person, place, or thing, not a sponsor, (laughs) uh, with creamy, uh, hot piping mashed potatoes with some gravy on top. Very nice. Yes. Uh, however, if I take more than a minute and 30 seconds, I will be, uh, handsomely, uh, punished with, uh, frozen green peas from uh, red rooster, not a sponsor. Yes. And as always, if you do come in at exactly a minute and 30 seconds, I will buy you a pizza. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Uh, we came so close last time, remember? I know, minute 28 seconds. A minute 28. You're two seconds away from a pizza. I know. Wow. But anyway, will John be winner winner? Or will John be for dinner? Find out right now on the plop synopsis. Are you ready, John? I'm ready. Are you ready, Alicia? Yes. Well then, let's hear this plop in lights. Camera, action. Fallen wishing, wishing stars waiting to be wished upon. Puss in Boots is having a party in the governor's house that ends up waking a nearby giant. Puss in Boots saves the village, but ends up getting his bell rung. Waking up, he finds out that he died and lost his eighth, eighth life. At first, he's not bothered, but after coming across a bounty hunter and meeting his match, Puss in Boots becomes afraid of losing his last life. He ends up going to into a tri- uh, blah, into a tri- so, Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've only, I've only mulliganed one other time. Uh, uh, let's just start over. You want to start over? <laughs> yes, please. All right, <laughs> into a, a retirement home. I'm going to get that phrase out the next one. All right, okay. Let's do this. One, two, three, four. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> a fallen wishing star is waiting to be wished upon. Puss in Boots is having a party in the governor's house that ends up waking a nearby giant. Puss in Boots saves the village, but ends up getting his bell rung. Waking up, he finds out that he died and lost his eighth life. He's at first he's not bothered, but after coming across a bounty hunter and meeting his match, Puss in Boots becomes afraid of losing his last life. He ends up going into a retirement home for cats where he's forced to be a normal cat and meets a dog disguised as a cat. Goldilocks and the three bears break into the house, uh, into the home for cats looking for Puss in Boots. Uh, they think he died due to Puss Puss burying his boots outside and Puss overhears about the map to the wishing star and have big Jack Horner. Puss decides to find the map in order to get his lives back. Puss heads, Puss heads to Jack Horner's place and finds the map at the same time Kitty Softpaws finds the map and Goldilocks and Three Bears finds the cats. Puss and Kitty escape with the map while being chased by Goldilocks and Three Bears and Jack Horner. The map takes them to the dark forest and after seeing that the map changes to the forest depending on who's looking for the star, the cats decide to follow the path of Perito as it's the easiest. After each group catches up to each other, a brawl breaks out. Puss sees the wolf again and runs away. Our heroes look uh, lose the map to Goldilocks. Puss reveals that he's afraid of losing his last life and that Santa Coloma was where he left Kitty Softpaws at the altar. After catching up to the map, everyone is separated and Puss finds his past lives in the Cavern of Lost Souls. Wolf catches up to Puss in Boots and reveals themselves to be Death Incarnate. Puss runs from death and makes, and makes his way to the Wishing Star. Everyone meets up for a final conflict. Puss manages to get the map, but before he can make the wish, Death catches up to him and challenges him to a final battle. Puss overcomes his fears and after staring Death in the face and not laughing, Death concedes the battle. Jack Horner becomes supersized and gets his hands on the map, but our heroes were part 
directing that up and it's destroyed, sending Jack Horner into the collapsing store. Gorgulox uh, realizes her family is the three bears, puts the sides to stay with Kitty and Perito, and they steal the governorship to sail to far, far away at the end. Oh, boy. That is a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. Yeah. Uh, You know. How how do you feel you did? Not good. Not good? (laughs) Get this over with. How, Uh, How far off was I? Well, you came in at a minute and 39 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Frozen green peas. And uh, that, that'll be my reward until another movie comes out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. You know, mashed potatoes. This movie is, is jam packed full of, uh, of characters and plot lines. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a challenge. Sure. And uh, there was a lot to uh, cover about the film because you not only have um, you, you have so many different plot lines, like you said, you have you have Puss in Boots uh, in his plot with Kitty Sapas and Perito. You have uh, Jack Horner and his his plot of of trying to get the wish and 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 what what is his wish again? I, I don't recall. He he wants to possess all of the magic in the world that's right because he's a collector of all the magical trinkets and everything like that so he wants uh all the magic because of the little uh side uh scene of him as a child trying to entertain people with his nursery rhyme and uh he looks over to a caravan that's next to him and it's pinocchio and he's raking in all the cash yeah so that's why he's he's wanting more magical elements is to become uh, more recognized and more popular so that way he can you know take over the world no big deal yeah <laughs> uh and then you have the plot line with goldilocks and the three bears which kind of seems like at first you would think it's kind of like a throwaway not a throwaway character uh per se but more of a what what, it, what am i trying to think of what was the um it feels like there was a character in, in one of the shrek movies that was maybe hired as an assassin, maybe not Puss in Boots, but someone else. And it turned out to be, you know, just a side thing that they didn't really lean on too much. I'm not remembering. I don't know. I don't remember Shrek's three or four all too well. See, what's great about all of the side plots is that they reinforce the main plot because everyone wants the star for a different reason. Yeah. And... Perito being the only one who doesn't actually need a wish because he's all happy go lucky no matter what. And he's just, he doesn't take anything for granted and he's just happy to make new friends. Um, Goldilocks realizes at the end that she already had everything she needs. And what's his face is so evil. He would never ever be happy even after his wish is granted. So it's like three different levels of wish and what they would get out of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Puss in Boots is kind of in the middle. Uh, uh, and he realizes that what he was going to wish for wouldn't, isn't what he actually needs. He just yeah. needs to take his life seriously instead yeah. of like throwing it away. Like living forever is never going to make him happy, but being, you know, with his family is going to make him happy. So mm-hmm. the side plot with Goldilocks is reinforcing the main plot 
um, because it's a movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> it, it has it has plot lines that are actually intertwined and like a storyline and character arcs. It's amazing. I it's so rare to see a movie that's a movie <laughs> this day and age. Yeah, and not just a collection of scenes and action sequences, but like tied together with plot threads and points. Yeah, everything <laughs> is rein- everything Logic. is reinforcing the the main idea right Uh, and it it does feel like in a in a lesser movie the goldilocks plot line would feel disposable and uh, there are even times watching it where you're like oh we're going back to this right and at the end i'm shedding a tear for her and i'm like i thought i didn't care about you (laughs) you made me care (laughs) yeah yeah it's incredible um the way that they yeah they take something that really could have been like oh this is here be- for like plot necessity but then they they really make you care about it uh this movie is a, is 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 masterful i also like how puss himself and his side plot with death is kind of secluded he's dealing with it on his own and no one's aware of how serious it is there's yeah. even a line where kitty softpaw's like oh you're dealing with actual death chasing you why didn't you just say so but like the idea that his anxiety is something he's had to deal with on his own even though they're aware of it he still feel isolated is an actual like realistic portrayal of anxiety his panic attack everyone on like social media is talking about how that's the most real panic attack ever like put to film Mm. but not only that but he the fact that no one else ever sees death but him is it's kind of a realistic portrayal of how you feel isolated in having to deal with your own anxiety and fear and no one else knows what you're going through because he's like in that little side plot himself is also kind of a metaphor yeah and i also i love perito so much um (laughs) he he, he he's introduced and it feels like a character that's like oh he's the comic relief he's here to be annoying he's here to sell toys but then he ends up being like the wisest and he has like the most tear-jerking lines of like yeah what, he, this little dog is just so happy and like what, like everyone could learn so much from him <laughs> It turns out he's the emotional through line for the entire thing and that you need him like like he he always wanted to be a support dog. And then he actually becomes it not just for the main character, but like for the audience. Yeah. Like, what is it he says that he at, at the end of the movie, he tells Puss like, you know, maybe you don't need nine lives. Maybe you just need to maybe like one is enough if you if you spend it with the right people or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just that's it's just this movie. I was I never expected it to all like bring me so close to tears um which is as good as making me cry because i've never been moved to tears in that way watching a movie uh i don't know why um but like getting that close to crying is as good as crying for me right you can't let anyone see it but you know it's there at the back of your eyeball oh yeah about to fall but you can't let it come out (laughs) no it's not even that i can't let it it's just never happened i don't know how i don't know why up (laughs) didn't make me cry uh you know titanic the notebook none of that i've never cried i don't know why watching a movie at least but this one got you as close as you ever got is what you're saying yes this one got me as close as as any movie can um yeah, I love it. I love I love it. John, what do you think? Um this this movie's good, man. <laughs> um and 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 to to kind of tail on on some of the some of the discussions like the fact that it it always feels like 
he's facing death alone. It's because it's like everyone faces death alone in, in, in a sense. It's like you, you, you're always kind of like, especially in, in those, in those, uh, gosh, tr- just trying to think about, uh, the ways that I've, seeing death happen in real life and everything like that and and kind of experience have the, had those experiences mm-hmm. uh you're always facing it alone even though you're you have the support of people and everything like that and that, and that even goes to that final battle that they have on that on that uh wishing star it's just puss in boots and death it, there's no one there's no one else to uh help him really it's just it's him and his skills and tools and that's it yeah so and it's it's conquering the fear of death yeah Yeah. he doesn't succeed until he realizes that he he's in control of his fear of the guy yeah like he's death personified okay look i've seen a billion movies with death (laughs) like actual like grim reaper and this is the scariest personification of death that i've ever seen in a film and i'm not exaggerating but he i was maybe it's a thing where i haven't got over my own fear of death but i was terrified of that character Mm. every time he was on screen i i felt like this he's coming for me yeah. This the scene when when Puss is running out of that cave where he saw his all his previous lives, and he's uh, you know running out of that tunnel and it's turning red, and he looks back and you see the death wolf walking after him. It's like truly terrifying. It's so scary, and like my my cousin has like a, a five or six year old daughter. And she was like, I wanted to take her to the movies, but there were no movies that I wanted to take her to that I thought she would like. Like the only one that was close was Puss in Boots. Like, do you think she would like Puss in Boots? And I was like, honestly, maybe not. Like, it's so intense uh, emotionally. Um, and it deals with things that like, I don't know that she would be able to appreciate. Uh, like, you know, Puss's panic attack in that way. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think she would enjoy it, obviously. But like, I don't think that's the kind of movie they were looking for. Um, and that's not a criticism. It's just like this movie is very mature. Uh, but it like it hides it better than like Pixar does. If you're watching yeah. Toy Story 3 and the characters all hold their hands as they're about to die <laughs> yeah. in a furnace, it's very on the nose. For a little kid, it's just a wolf who's scary trying to kill Puss in Boots. Yeah. It is not to a kid what it is to us as personification of actual death. Right. So it's not a metaphor to a kid. To a kid, it's just literal. Toy Story 3 is literal. <laughs> like, you see them and they are about to die. This yeah. is different. This is just a really hard to defeat enemy for the first time Puss in Boots has, has met his match. Like, yeah. The kid would think, like, that's not too scary. I mean, he is scary looking. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But maybe to a kid, you know, like the 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 panic attack is is a cute moment with a dog who makes makes the the kitty stop you know hyperventilating and yeah <laughs> the kid won't think of it as like you know as scary as it actually is what's the other line puss has at the end when he's fighting the wolf and he tells him uh, i know i can never defeat you but i will never stop fighting for this life and i'm like this movie 
is the best. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. When I think back to the first one and what I loved about the first one is some of its corniness. And this movie has some corniness, but it relegates it to the flashbacks. I think that was smart. But like the corniness in the in the first one, also kind of a flashback, but like remember when he finds out that the uh Humpty Dumpty's a bad egg and he was behind everything and it shows the flashbacks of him like poking around the corner and he was there the whole time in every yeah. single scene of the movie. And that is so silly but also like a trope in movies where like it gets revealed that he was behind it all and like mm -hmm. that's too silly for this movie this movie wouldn't do that with the bad guy they would never like disgrace the bad guy's bad guyness in that yeah. way the only like comedy like silliness comes from the flashbacks when he dies and he's like is there shellfish in this and he's like, oh, he's yeah. still keeps eating. Yeah. like those are like the only jokes that are silly and it's more like a cutaway well, gag you know what else is really silly and uh, is kind of one of the like star characters of this movie for me is the jiminy cricket yes um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love him when he's like, uh, you're an irredeemable, and I love that he talks like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. you're, <laughs> you're an irredeemable monster. What took you so long, idiot? <laughs> he makes fun of it too. He's like, what took you so long? But he doesn't throw him away until he realizes that. Like he still has him hanging out with him for 20 minutes. Yeah. As soon as he realizes he's like, what, you're mad. Like, boom, flick, you're done. You're, you're no good to me anymore now that you've realized I'm irredeemable. <laughs> I, I loved that Jiminy Cricket character. He was so funny. Okay. I love Jiminy Cricket, but I have to say, I'm so repulsed by Little Boy Blue. That's his name, right? Uh, so Jack Horner? Corner, sorry. Little Jack Corner sat in the corner. You know, I, I'm so repulsed physically to see him <laughs> in every scene that he's in that it's hard to watch and enjoy. But there is so many good gags, though. Like, that's a lot of the comedy, right? There's so many good gags of, like... Because every Shrek movie tries to incorporate nursery rhymes or fantasy stuff or Disney stuff as much as possible. And all of it comes from him just pulling stuff out. Like, he's going to use every magical item he's ever collected. His his cherished collection. He's using every single one to get this one wish. Which, if you think about, maybe that's not the best idea. But they're, every one is funnier than the last one that he yeah. pulls out of that bag. Yeah. Th yeah. This I, I feel like we could go on forever. Uh singing the praises of this movie and i've seen a, you know it's weird i've seen a lot of videos on youtube about like is this the beginning of the dreamworks renaissance and it's like we have i mean the bad guys was good but it wasn't to this level like right. i don't know that we can signal the beginning of a renaissance based on one movie <laughs> um but if you could this would be the one <laughs> yeah i mean it definitely is working on a completely different level than dreamworks ever has been like they have movies that are phenomenal like we're looking at kung fu panda we're looking at how to train your dragon uh shreks one and two like those are phenomenal films but i think they work on a more uh, i don't know like it, it, this feels like a new uh, like playing ground a new arena of of storytelling for dreamworks that they've never really uh experimented with What's funny is I had seen 
Avatar The Way of Water three times uh, in the weeks leading up to this. So I'd been watching a movie that intercuts between regular frame rate that we're used to and high frame rate for extra smooth action. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Puss in Boots The Last Wish, which intercuts from normal frame rate that we're used to to low frame rate for action. So the opposite of smoothness, like artistically doing on the twos instead of every frame. Uh, And it was so drastic, but at the same time, creatively works for each of those different movies Mm. in different ways. And I I know everyone's going to like point to Into the Spider-Verse um, as like an inspiration for all of the new art styles or whatever. But I think it's just technology finally catching up to what animators are able to do with it. Like it, everything looked like Jimmy Neutron in the beginning of 3D. <laughs> yeah. uh, then as shading got better, everything started to look like that polished, perfect Disney animation 3D look where everyone has the cute anime eyes and everyone's like the strands of hair you know individually or whatever and now we're finally at a place where we can stick paint on top of the characters and make them look hand-drawn again yeah. even though it's in 3d it's just an evolution of the technology and art moving in time with it but this one not only does every frame look like a painting literally but by doing the frame rate thing it makes the action sequences feel like I don't know. They're different and different enough that they're almost like it's art. It's trying to be like, especially the big giant one in the beginning, Mm. like when he's swinging around with the bell around him, it's almost like a series of individually painted stills, like a comic book flipping by Mm -hmm. instead of uh, a 3d animated movie. Yeah. And, and just to interject, I, I did see a behind the scenes uh, thing that was featured about this uh, it's something called stepped animation where instead of having each frame of animation be another movement for that character um, it's sometimes three or four frames where the character stays in the same position mm-hmm. and everything else moves around it right so that's that's what gives it that that stuttering almost like uh comic-y effect to it and to get around it, you end up painting in smears, which yeah. is more of a classic animation style to simulate motion. Yeah. Because now that you don't have perfect smoothness, you have to simulate the movement in yeah. a smear or a, a motion blur. Or action lines or, or right. things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one has yeah. little lines around it. Like the, the Peanuts movie. You know, everyone points to, to, to Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> but Peanuts movie did it first, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah paving the way uh, yeah but what what was interesting about the into the spider-verse thing is that the the main like the real the real spider-man was like introducing the new spider-man and the real spider-man was smooth motion and the new spider-man as he was learning to swing was on on the twos um so that he looked like he was fumbling like he wasn't as smooth as grown-up spider-man and it was yeah. intentional to the story it had a purpose and then as he got better he got smoother animation style so that was clever yeah yeah and uh i i think it's it's something that we're gonna continue to see it feels like every animation studio saw those first few movies that started to do the stepped animation and go that's it that's what we're gonna that's our bread and butter now because now we have the ability to kind of give this a more natural feel of the way animation kind of used to be 
um lots lots of more like watercolor feel to it uh mm-hmm. different art artistic impressions into the animation so that way like you said it doesn't feel like a, a jimmy neutron episode or you know <laughs> like those earlier 3d animations where everything was like very shiny and smooth yeah, yeah. there's more texture it's textured yeah. depth now where it's different paint styles layered on top of each other whereas before you could see forever a clean clear delineated 3d shapes forever yeah yeah do you think disney or pixar will ever will ever try to do this style or do you think they're kind of like no we have to we have to pave our own way pixar's already done it the last two movies with luca and turning red oh have they the they're doing their own version not the um the frame rate but the animation style they go off model now in a way mm. that they never used to to do more of an animation like they do the smear but for facial record like facial a- movements like you'll notice the thing that people are making fun of with the smiles like the mouth movement it's just a big oval now in luca and yeah. turning red and the people are like saying that's a bad thing but it's actually good because now they can do full like cartoon character reaction shots essentially like they can change the face in a way that like elsa and anna never could yeah Mm. anna and elsa like are locked into their facial proportions but in turning red they like when the girls go crazy for four town or whatever their faces turn into giant like like the mask like the old uh (laughs) like yeah yeah the old like cartoons like they can contort in any way they want or they have like little like the peanuts cartoon they have the little motion lines around them so turning red especially luca somewhat they're they're experimenting more with a a hand-drawn style but within the still the same like restrictions of the world like the world's not bending around them but the character's now starting to bend Hmm. yeah and and it's interesting you say that because even thinking about those frozen films and and thinking about the films that are kind of centered uh, like more around those films you have what tangled uh help me out maybe a little bit of brave but not too much yeah um (laughs) Bolt. Some of, <laughs> Bolt, yeah Bolt. it's all like all the characters have very similar structures as far yeah. as their their faces go yeah very big eyes smallish kind of head kind of deal if you change the hair color and and an elsa look the same like yeah it's, exactly and they're all rigid they're very you cannot like you can't picture them making a face that wouldn't be made by a real human they live in a very realistic world yeah whereas these newer animated movies like bad guys or even turning red they you they can play with a little bit more and do unrealistic things and they they're not in a bound bounding box they're not locked in yeah Yeah. they're like wait a minute these are cartoons we can do whatever we want with them we don't (laughs) necessarily have to try to make it as realistic as possible or or down to earth as possible like people yeah get the well and there's you know it's cinema And there was a time where, like, making it be the most realistic thing possible was the most impressive thing. Yeah. yeah. And now it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's what animation looks like. What else you got? (laughs) Right. The backgrounds in The Good Dinosaur are needlessly realistic. Photorealistic. (laughs) Yes. And then the characters in the foreground, they were trying to do more cartoony. And it's like, I see what you're trying to do, but I'm going to ask why? 
Yeah. yeah. Can you please like, not do that? Is there a story reason that the world they live in is 100% real, but they're wacky, rubbery cartoon characters? Yeah. What What is the, the logic behind <laughs> this? You've got like Sony character style, wibbly wobbly dinosaurs running around in photorealistic documentary style backgrounds. Yeah. Everything about that movie is wrong. I hate yeah, that movie. Every, they've made every choice they could make. They made the wrong choice. I hate the good dinosaur it's, uh, there's nothing it's like in that creative, movie to enjoy it's like a creative experiment and in doing everything wrong yeah what what you guys probably don't know is that the good dinosaur is actually a sequel uh it's actually a sequel to the movie dinosaur Oh yeah, where everything looked at, like the environments tried to look as realistic as right. possible. Well, because yeah. they were real, they were they right. were actually filmed. <laughs> yeah, those were real. <laughs> and yeah. and then they just put cartoony dinosaurs yeah. in and there. the dinosaurs didn't end because they changed the ending to not kill them all with the asteroid and then now they've evolved into cartoon flippity floppy people <laughs> farm they farm for some reason oh we, we can't go back to this i need to move on yeah, puss yeah, in yeah. boots hey puss in boots the last wish there's an important question it's time for the next part of this episode we have a very important two-part question uh, an academic question that must be asked about every piece of media and it's called the baby got back test uh uh, this is the part of the show where we are going to look at this film, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and ask two questions. One, does this film include the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? And two, should this film include Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? If the answer to both questions match, then the film passes the test. But if the questions have different answers, yes or yes and no, or no and yes, then the film fails. The baby got Bactyl test. So, as a group, does this film include the song Baby Got Back? No. No. Very good. Now, the hard part. Should this film include the song Baby Got Back? No. I yeah, I agree. The, I don't the, unlike Shrek. The Puss in Boots film does a good job of not having popular music jammed into it. Yeah. I think it would feel off if it did. There might be a dance off, but it's going to use like (laughs) dueling guitars and and fit within the theme of of the film. But it's not going to like have an eel song all of a sudden. Right. (laughs) Or 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 Smash Mouth. It feels like the only song, the only character that the song could apply to would be Jack Horner. I was yes, yeah. He's allowed to break the fourth bear. wall. Yeah. What were you saying, John? I was going to say baby bear. Like baby. Oh, baby's got back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, but but there's, <laughs> but there's no. Unlike the Shrek movies, there's no flatulence in this film. Uh, yeah. There, there's a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> there's cursing. There's the, there's, there's full on cursing. Cursing in this film for whatever <laughs> there's reason. Two bleeps in this film. There's a lot of bleeps in this film, especially yeah. at that end part. Uh, oh, I thought where, it was only two. Where there, well, there's the first bleep. Uh, whenever he's, uh, whenever Perito is is talking about what people call him, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> there's right. a, a litany of bleeps whenever uh, Goldilocks and Three Bears have captured Perito, and oh. uh, they're the the Goldilocks and Three Bears family they're razzing each other, and Perito decides to do it too. And at first, oh, that's like, right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Right. it's a it's bleep there's a lot bleep. Yeah. <laughs> And you go, he's got a dark streak to him he does yeah. <laughs> he knows some you, language you kind of go is this oh 
okay <laughs> is this it's okay like for a kids movie it's like um it's like fantastic mr fox where they just replace every swear word with the word cuss cuss yeah, yeah. Um, and i like the idea of like writers for animated and family movies are like you know what let's not censor ourselves we'll just write whatever we want and then like we'll find a creative way to get around that i i stand by that beeps <laughs> are more graphic than saying the word <laughs> and there is more comedy from the beep and not knowing what the word was yeah. than actually saying the word like south park will say the word and think it's funny but this movie will use a long beep mm -hmm. and it's funnier yeah. yeah yeah it's like how um when <laughs> when the lonely island jizz in my pants came out and then they released an uncensored version and i was like i like the censored one better it's funnier yeah. Yeah, a beep is loud and intrusive <laughs> in a way that is funnier to a joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it just lets your imagination run wild. The, the yeah, same, the same that's way the wonder a, of a bleeping works. Right, the same <laughs> way a horror movie would not show the kill on screen, right, not yeah. show the actual like uh, murder or horror on screen, it lets your imagination run wild as far as like, what is he actually saying here? Yeah. So... The What's what's great about this film is that they took a cat, they took a one-off gag of a cat that's Zorro. Like he's Zorro. <laughs> yeah. From a side character in a movie that somehow got his own movie. And they're like, well, if we could write an origin story for Zorro Cat, what would it be? And they wrote that origin story, and somehow it was amazing, at least for <laughs> me. And then they took that and somehow elevated Zorro Cat into a beautiful <laughs> piece of art. Yeah. It is Oscar worthy. It's and it was one of the best movies of the year, period. <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought about the fact that, like, Puss in Boots is a parody of Zorro. Right, this version of the character Starring is a parody of Zorro. Zorro. And this movie is better than any Zorro movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's got more depth and character and heart and emotion and yeah. purpose than any Zorro movie or any Zorro story ever could. Like, imagine. He even does the P with the slashing. Like, he's just straight up Zorro. Yeah. Imagine if, like, the best James Bond movie was actually an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what it. this is. That's what it really is. Hundred um, percent. Wait a minute. Who plays Kitty Softpaws? Salma Hayek. Who is was she in Zorro? Yeah. Um, oh my god! It's really Zorro. She, I thought I thought I looked this up and it and it wasn't. Is is she in is the it, Mask oh, of Zorro? No, it's not. It's, it's Penelope oh, Cruz. It, I was just gonna no, say it's, it's Penelope Cruz. No, it's Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. It's uh, oh, it's not. Oh, it was uh, right. Who's who's married to Michael Douglas? Was it Catherine Zeta Jones or something? Yes. Thank you. <gasps> oh my god, you're right. I saw that in theaters. I totally forgot that movie existed. Yeah. yeah so the the Mask of Zorro. Yeah. No. The the cat Zorro is the better of the Zorros. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a nursery rhyme version of, of of characters. These are this is just Puss in Boots. Like, uh, it could have been a throwaway gag in a Shrek movie, and it's my favorite character and my favorite film out of all DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they. It's like what people always say about uh about the Tarzan soundtrack, where you know every single person who ever references that soundtrack says, you know, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Phil Collins. Phil Collins didn't have to go that hard, but he did. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's that's DreamWorks with Puss in Boots. Like, there's no reason that this movie should be as good as it is, but they did it anyway for us. And it it um 
it does feel like it's ushering in a possible shrek Yes. Because the ending... Like I got a little tear in my eye at the end because like I, I I didn't have it spoiled for me thankfully on online because I think it was spoiled the next day but like he said what did he say like we're gonna go see an old friend and we're off shot- to find new adventures and old friends yeah ed- and old friends and, I, and as soon as it like starts to pan away I lean over to Jen and I'm like oh my god they're going to far far away oh my god they're going to far far away and it shows far far away and I'm like oh my god here it is <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like that 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 GIF reaction where like everyone in the bar like erupts or whatever. Like yeah. I, that was the theater. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are all. They, they, of course, it's all of us. Like we're thirties and forties years old, and we grew up with Shrek or whatever. And it's like, but it's not just that. Oh my god, we're going back. It's that we're going back in like, but like in a new way. And yeah, it's and this is how we're getting there. And it's yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, to wrap up, this film passes the baby got backdoor test. The song yes. is <laughs> the it's song not is in there. It doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. It has no reason to be in there. Yeah, it's, it, it's, this it's is, fine. This is I'm not sorry, that I kind of movie. That end. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but to going back to this topic, um, <laughs> uh, dang it, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> There was a flashback too to to Shrek and them hanging out. Shrek and yeah, yeah. and, and Gingerbread, Gingy, Gingy is in like a flashback. His, his like yeah. his his memories flash before his eyes, um, like three times in the movie, right? And every time it shows a little bit more, and it gets closer and closer to real time. Yeah. So like he's witnessing his life, and it shows a little bit of him um, at the mission, like growing up, like uh, when he was a little kitten. Like in the beginning flashbacks, it shows the middle flashback show him and uh, Shrek and Donkey and Gingy, and then the end recaps the movie we just saw. Yeah, <laughs> like and that's kind of really clever to do the flashbacks leading to this moment. Yeah, um, and then and then he, but that's the moment he realizes these are the people he wants to live for. Yeah, so. and it's it's great because I when they announced the possibility, or I don't know if it was announced, but like the rumors started yeah. circulating that a fifth Shrek might be in development. And I was so against the idea of that. I was like, I don't, we, it's done. We're done with Shrek. It's, it was great. We got more than we needed, honestly. And like, it's let's, can we please move on? And now with the end of this movie, I'm like, let's please. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Give us Shrek five. I'm ready for it. Strangely, it's exactly how I feel and felt about scream. Oh yeah. <laughs> because like, scream also just like shrek did it's like trilogy and then did a fourth one and the fourth one kind of was better than the third one but also disjointed and disconnected yeah and scream then kind of soft rebooted itself with the fifth one and i'm like you know what this is actually really good and then i just watched the sixth one last last night and i was like i hope this never ends yeah and i i feel that way now about the shrek universe that after puss in boots the last <laughs> wish i'm like i don't want this to ever end you can keep evolving it and make changing the style but just don't ever stop i'm fine yeah. with that yeah i would i would be very happy i felt the same well i just watched the whole scream franchise for the first time like i had seen the first two but with this new movie coming out i was like you know what i'm gonna watch all of them and then go see the new one and uh i think this new one is like top three for me of yeah of all of them like it was so good it's strangely and it, it, it it's a franchise movie now and you know what so is shrek 
I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't need to end. I used to make fun of it for having a fourth movie and that all fourth movies were terrible, but I've changed my tune. And that once you get past six or seven, you're good forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the Fast and Furious lesson. Yeah. yeah. It's, Fast and Furious didn't get good till like the fifth movie. Yeah. As soon as that safe is being dragged through the streets, I'm like, you know what? This is its pinnacle. It's right now just starting to get good. Yeah. <laughs> they figured it out. It just took, they made four practice movies. Exactly. And now, and now we're here. Now it's like, just keep them coming. I'm yeah. fine. It never stop making these movies. What's yeah. that? We're in space. What's that? Does Fast and Furious meets dinosaurs? Sure. Just keep throwing it at me. I want Fast and Furious to meet Transformers. Oh, that's perfect. That's mm. so perfect. Because like cars that do marriage. and don't transform. Yeah. <laughs> I want Dom Toretto to drive an Autobot. Why? You know? Why is this not already a thing? I don't know. I've been talking about this for years. I want this. That's kind of perfect. <laughs> Uh, okay, it's time to pitch the theme park experiences. These are not rumors. These are blue sky ideas created by us. What is the theme park presence of Puss in Boots' The Last Wish? What in this movie do we think, like, uh, screams, We I want to do that. I want to go there. I want to experience this. Well, my first instinct is I would turn it into a dark boat ride. Uh, I would do it um, half in the style of like a Fantasyland dark ride, but half in the style of a technological ride like Transformers, but in a boat. And I would oh. have the scenes with um, with death in pitch black darkness. So when his eyes open up, it glows and you don't see anything except Ooh. him. I would make it act actually extra scary. But then when you go to the colorful scenes, like when Perito is in charge of the map, all the walls are like full on screens in the style of Shanghai pirates and the whole world glows before you. But then the map transfers to someone else and it turns all dark and evil and uh, projection mapping oh. changes the scenery like in runaway railway right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then it would end with that cute moment where they go to far, far away. I have nothing to add. I, no notes, <laughs> no notes. <laughs> What's the popcorn bucket? That's yeah. my only question. <laughs> yeah, now we have to create what are the souvenir items, the popcorn buckets, the souvenir cups, the uh, the the signature food items. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, we can have shoulder Jiminy Crickets uh, that yeah, you can buy. That's, and that's uh, Actually, I looked it up on IMDb. He is called Ethical Bug. Ethical Bug. <laughs> I love... <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end, when when they're gonna, the bears are gonna go take over the pie factory, and he's like, "Now would be a good time to tell you about ethical business practices." <laughs> yeah, oh, it's good old that's, ethical bug. Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> so you can get your own ethical bug to wear on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe a uh, something involving the star map, either being a a cooling towel. That when it when it gets wet, it re like reveals like like uh, glowing uh, like glowing script or something like that on there. Yeah, um, I saw. I know it's like a, a one off scene, but I saw the the giant uh, in in that first scene, and he was picking up the villagers and putting them in like a log. I guess shoulder satchel yeah to like steal villagers for I, I don't know for eating purposes i have no idea um i saw that and i kind of wanted one like you want uh, like <laughs> a, a satchel that kind of looks like a log but you open it up and you can just put stuff like in it popcorn 
like popcorn. <laughs> uh, but it just kind of feels like it's too one-offy. Like yeah. you, you need something that's a little bit more. You know what might be cool mm. is like kind of like the um, Honey, I Shrink the Kids play set mm. in in old MGM studios. Uh, if you could have like a play area that is like you're on that giant, you know? Oh, okay. Like it's like grass and mm. and rocks and logs and stuff trees but like it you are on this giant as he's laying on the ground yeah might be cool. I like that you know as merch i i personally i would like the puss in boots play set to just be like a dress up like uh his sword his saber um the really oh, yeah. big hat with the fluffy uh feather in it and Wait. even like wrap around velcro uh boot things that go over your shoes mm. uh, but like little kids set like um and and that i would include the map that way i can advertise it as for the new movie <laughs> but you <laughs> yeah. include the you include the map maybe give them the stick version too so they could put it in their little holster when they don't have the sword oh yeah um, but like I, 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 how about how about a a, a a beard too with an elastic and you yeah. put the beard on. <laughs> it's a nice beard. And then, and then you could uh, remove the beard. And, uh, yeah. But like I like that the hat and the and the sword and the boots. I think is a good place that we need. Yeah, and cape. Well, and and we can have the kitty soft paws version too, so that if you want to be her mask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and can... like it has a little gloves with your fingers stick out the end, and it looks like a paw. Yeah. Yeah. For for kitty soft paws, that'd be yeah. cute. All right, I love that uh can we talk about kitty soft paws and how dreamworks is okay having a female character not be overtly female nowadays like or overly like the, the appearance like she yeah. doesn't like they didn't have to like exaggerate feminine human yeah. qualities they didn't lola bunny her thank yeah. you she's not overly <laughs> sexualized or anything like that it's just eyelashes and, right. yes. and, it's, yeah. and it's even like lessened in this one than the original Puss in Boots. Yeah. So, like to, to the point where they just look like cats. Yeah. And it isn't really until she's speaking that she has a female voice. And I'm like, I kind of appreciate that they're just animals. Yeah. And that in the Shrek universe, that is the kind of the way that the characters are. They are more animals than anthropomorphized. They just happen to be walking on two legs and dressed in clothes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of cool. Like it's kind of cool how like, you know, donkey and Puss in Boots can be next to each other. And donkey is just a full on accurate looking donkey who talks. And then Puss in Boots is a cat who's walking around and wearing boots and hat and has a sword and they fit next to each other somehow. Right. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> he might be upright, but he's still very much a cat. And yeah. even more in this new art style, they look more just like regular cats. Do you think that a Shrek 5 would look like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think with this uh this change of animation style, this upgrade, you're you're gonna see this animation style uh continue because I think that's what the animators are looking for, especially for um the Shrek universe, because it even says at the beginning of the movie in the, in that scrolling text that, that this is like a fairy tale. Right. And that's it why it looks like it's pages of a book almost right. hand drawn and, and, style. And it starts once upon a time. So I think it would be a missed opportunity to kind of continue that style, to give it that look and that feel of a fairy tale uh, setting and, and uh, movie. Um, and you're probably going to see that stepped animation for maybe some action and fight scenes for Shrek. Cause if, even if you think about that first Shrek movie, you think about the, 
the wrestling match uh, at uh, Lord Farquaad's castle with all the other knights and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's fine in its animation style, but then you compare that to something now with Puss and Boots Slash Wish with that first scene with yeah. uh, the giant, it's night and day. It's dynamic camera motion more than the character motion too yeah Yeah. that's what i was gonna say too is like the camera work in this movie feels like like something that they never would have even been able to do with the original shrek the first shrek feels like it was shot with real cameras you know like they're they're really trying to make it look like or i don't know that they're trying to make it look like a like a live action movie but it's just like that's the language that they knew at the time you know and like we hadn't they hadn't tried to figure out how to do more or like right. unrealistic camera movements. Um, but now they're just like going all out. Like, how can we make this the most exciting? <laughs> it's practically a Sam Raimi movie in the action scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's all, the camera is a character. The camera's also, doing impossible things. But also like the, they were so proud of like the hair simulation and like, we wanted grass to go on for miles and we did it with the same hair simulation we used in, in the first Shrek for yeah. the second movie and this and that. But if you look at this new art style, you look at Perito and it's just, it looks painted on. Instead of like, we've gone from like trying to make every individual hair realistic to now just like a smear of like, well, I just got a brush stroke. There you go. And now it's fur. And as, as Perito, especially as a new character, we don't have anything to compare him to in the past. Like it works. It's an art style that is very effective without having to be technologically uh, intense on the computer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but like i i like it so I, i'm curious to see the rest of the characters i you just you just know shrek's gonna be cuter all of them got <laughs> all of them got a little bit cuter with the maybe the eyes. babies wait the babies might be a little bit older now and maybe i won't <laughs> hate them <laughs> maybe they're all grown up and they moved out yeah will the, will the drunkies talk <gasps> if donkey mm. talks and dragon doesn't will drunkies talk Ooh, maybe yeah, maybe I they, don't know. Maybe they just sing to each other, and that's how they communicate. <laughs> uh, I, I I think we're are, are we done pitching the theme park? I like the ride Alicia made. I like the <laughs> is the popcorn bucket the vlog? Uh, nothing else screams popcorn bucket to me. Uh, yeah, I mean maybe litter Jack box, Col- litter box <laughs> <laughs> from the cat at retirement home. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe Jack Horner's uh, magical nanny bag. Or yeah. a pie tin. <laughs> or a pie tin. Uh, that's, that's what you need. That's your food item is oh. pies. Plum, yeah. uh, plum pies, meat pies for, for the three bears and everything like that. Uh, I think that's going to be your go-to. because there's uh, And leche, of course. Plenty oh, of yeah. leche. Yeah. Good. That's good leche. Yeah. Leche, coquito, you know, <laughs> the whole nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well. Wait, hold on. What? Wait a second. Uh... Correct me if I'm wrong. This movie has Goldilocks and the Three Bears. No. Oh, you're you're right. Uh, do you know where I'm going with this? We got to have some porridge. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where I'm going with this. Okay. Uh, when they were rounding up all of the fairy tale uh, creatures in the first movie, didn't they not kill? Don't, don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> I yeah. I think that. There is a throwaway gag in the old movie where they have the the three bears in different sized cages. Yeah. Yeah. And, and baby and then, bear says this cage is too small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then baby bear and and papa bear as soon as all the creatures go to the swamp, they're they're the only ones seen and then mama bear, there's a bear sized uh, mm-hmm. there's a bear rug in Lord Farquaad's castle in his bedroom and it's mama bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's a different family of bears. Oh, okay. They all they have both... size issues when they come to. They, that's how all bears talk. Yeah. In this okay. That's, well, yeah. And Goldilocks wasn't with them, so like, there are other bear families out there. Or that's the ex-wife of the father bear. <laughs> And he's he remarried. remarried. He's remarried. Okay, and 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 she spoke in a in a uh, a Cockney accent, and and just kind of grew on everyone. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There yes, you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Years okay. later, then they met. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there's the explanation. I yes. mean, I, I'm uh, sure that they were porch. hoping. Yeah. I'm sure that they were hoping that people wouldn't think about it because they're like, look, we put too many fairy tales in the first Shrek that now, like, well, we just can't use that ever again. Nah, yeah, we're we're going to use them. <laughs> yeah. If okay. we have a good idea for it, we're going to go for it. Um. Well, OK, let's wrap up our thoughts on Puss in Boots. I've we've said so much. I think our thoughts are clear. Uh, yeah. Alicia, why don't you go first? Well, I I can always tell when I really like a movie because I can remember pretty much every scene in that movie. Mm. And if I don't like a movie, it'll be like the next day and I'll be like, I vaguely kind of remember what happens, but I won't remember the order of events or scenes. I feel like I can remember every scene in this movie. Uh, although I do forget that that cursing gag until <laughs> you mentioned, yeah. but I do remember all the the events <clears throat> as they happened and how I felt throughout the whole thing. So I know it's a good movie. Like I know a movie when I see one, and this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's so rare in the last like five or ten years that I've seen a movie that felt like a movie. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just excited that this one is one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bar is low, but this yeah. one really was good. <laughs> Alicia Stella's review is, it's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> which, if you know me, like, that's actually high praise. <laughs> John, final thoughts on Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Uh, it's, it's a great addition to the DreamWorks library, um, and it's kind of showing off um, the possibilities of what the the future of dreamworks uh could be as far as their animation and storytelling um i i think we can expect to see uh more out of dreamworks in the future and i, I think this i'm not saying it's this is going to be a like the initial shift of of the movies that they produce in the future uh but i think it's a good uh footprint if that makes any sense um they're they they've taken a a, a franchise and, and and a side character that's already had a movie before and have tried something different and new and i think i think it's worked masterfully masterfully for them and the fact that at the end of the movie it kind of opens the door to hey if you want more we got more and and I, I think we, we could definitely very well see another Shrek film, maybe even a donkey film. It's Ooh. a sne- sneaky, soft reboot is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Sne- they snuck it in. And if the, the, the audience in my theater cheered like it was the portal scene in Endgame. Like this is. <laughs> yeah. Like if that's if that's how all the theaters were, we, we are definitely on the precipice of a shrek Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So who who knows what will uh, eventually come from this, uh, from DreamWorks Animation, but uh, I think they just, they knocked it out of the park. This is a great film. Uh, yeah, this, this movie to me is like the ultimate 
I don't know. There's so much you can say, but I think it's just impre so impressive to me how how impactful the message was and the story and how seriously it handles the the message and the themes that it's that it's talking about um with animals and with fairy tale characters like it's just <laughs> something you would never think that you would see um so i think it definitely deserves the oscar for best animated feature um you know still don't know if it won it and ultimately it doesn't really matter but it's to me the best animated movie i've seen in i don't even know how long it's it's on a, working on a whole other level um so as far as ranking this movie goes john do you know where it lands on your list i do i'm curious to know where where is this falling on a list of 43 films <laughs> worst or best to worst where well, does this I'll um, I'll definitely say this, uh, this is a great film and, mm -hmm. and deserves the recognition of being a great film. Uh, as far as my list goes, we just had the, the reworking of the list and everything like that. It's top 10 for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Puss in Boots is going to be, uh, going to come in, uh, right above Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit and right below How to Train Your Dragon 2. Oh. Uh, this movie is nine on my list. Okay. Very good. For me, I was looking at my top five and thinking about each of these films and, and, and comparing it to Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and it feels crazy, and maybe it's just a recency bias thing, but Puss in Boots is, is my number one, I think. Whoa! I think I like it the best of every movie we've watched. Better than I Kung Fu Panda? I think I like it better than Kung Fu Panda. And I think what the Kung Fu Panda is amazing. And like definitely, you know, like this movie, it hits you with something more than what you thought you were going to get. Yeah. But this movie, I think it's it hits harder. It's, it's more got a mixed of everything. It's more beautiful. It's hilarious. It, the action sequences are breathtaking. Like it just does everything perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm not, and, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. And yeah. Surprised. I, and maybe I need to watch Kung Fu Panda again. Uh, but yeah, like at, right now looking at these, I think I like this the best of everything. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know, guys. B movie. <laughs> hey, I, we love B movie here. Yeah. <laughs> We're a B-movie family. Yeah. We really liked that movie. I, that, I celebrate the weirdness of B-movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Uh, it's got to be top three for me. I need to watch it again, but I'm not sure which one, but it's definitely either one, two, or three out of my rankings. Yeah. Um, what are those other two, do you think? Oh, all the other Puss in Boots movies. <laughs> <laughs> Because you got Puss in Boots and you got uh, Shrek 2, which yeah. holds a very important part of my uh, heart. So uh, randomly, they're, they're all like number one for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> equal footing. <laughs> uh, okay, the Rotten Tomatoes game. I don't think we played this last time you were here, Alicia, but this is a game where uh, John knows the Rotten Tomatoes score, the tomato meter score for this movie, and we are going to try to guess. This is the critic score, not the user score, That's correct? correct. Okay, this is a very good distinction between the two. Yeah. Okay. So, 
and 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 it's a it's a locked in guess. So we're we're going to guess a number. John's going to read the critics' consensus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my and, my brain just says ninety one percent. I'm just going to go with ninety one percent. Okay, I right off the top of my head. Cool. Yeah. Do I want to go higher than that? I feel like critics did love this. I don't remember hearing anything, any actual reviews of this movie. I only heard word of mouth from people I know. So, but I can't um, imagine that critics didn't love this. I'm going to be sad if it's lower than 91%. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with 95. Ooh. High right. praise. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely certified fresh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has to be. What is that? 67? It's got to be. 75. No yeah. way. That high? Yeah. But yes, it's got to be that. At least yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, rated PG uh, 2022. It's uh, categorized kids and family slash comedy. Hour and 42 minutes. Uh, Alicia says 91. Kenneth says 95. Uh, Critics Consensus uh, says that arriving more than a decade after the previous installment which is crazy to yeah. think. Uh, the smart, sweet, and funny Puss in Boots the Last Wish proves some franchises only get better with age. Yeah. Uh, the tomato meter for Puss in, Boots, Puss in Boots the Last Wish is... Kenneth, I owe you another uh, hug. It's 95%. <gasps> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> second time that's happened. Two, two yeah, times in a row. Two in a row. I nailed yeah. it for the bad guys, too. Yeah, congrats on you, sir. Wow, 95. Is that the highest scoring DreamWorks movie, I wonder? Uh, no, I believe uh, How to Train Your Dragon was 99. Let me uh, double, double check that. Uh, also, the audience's score is 94 for Puss in Boots' Last Wish. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, you, you know it's a good movie when they line up. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And absolutely. there's no review bombing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How to Train Your Dragon is 99%. So wow. Nearly perfect movie. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, well, Alicia, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and, and making us a part of your, your schedule. Uh, what do you have to plug? Where can people find you? Uh, I am Alicia Stella on Twitter, uh, if, if y'all are still on the Twitter. And you can find my YouTube channel, Theme Park Stop. And um, the podcast is called The Park Stop Podcast. Yeah. And if you are at all interested, listeners, in theme parks and theme park rumors, uh, Alicia's videos on YouTube are the best source of that kind of information. Every time, Alicia, I just want you to know, every time you post a new video, I look at whoever's next to me and I say, hey, there's a new Alicia video. You want to watch the news? (laughs) I call it your your channel is called the news in my house. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I had to stop putting like non news videos on the channel because everyone I every one time I did someone would be like, but where's the news? Like, <laughs> so I had to create a second channel just for fluff because no one wanted that mixed up with the news. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not the only one. I, well, I I mean I'll take it all. I don't care what it is. Uh, so <laughs> it's always good information. So. Um, well, as for us, uh, you can follow this show at dream jerks pod. We'll post, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook whenever we have new episodes upcoming. But again, this is the end of our mission statement and we will be back periodically when it feels like we have things to talk about or when there's new movies out. Um, 
So you can send emails to dreamdrinkspodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast apps that will allow it. Uh, Smoke Vanish, Alpha Zeta Bones Jones, Marcos Lightspeed, Crazy Calzoni, Fat Giraffe, Will Do Am, Bobo Denkirk, Christopher Plummer, Hansel Zipper, and Richard Shaneri. We will see you all at band practice. And uh, for until next time, which who knows when that may be, logging off, this is Kenneth. This is John. Thanks to Alicia. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. And until next time, for the dream to work, we've got to go to sleep. So, good night. Good night, friends. Dream Drinks Podcast has no affiliation with DreamWorks Animation, Universal Pictures, or Comcast NBC Universal. The views or opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. Theme music by Pangolin. 